Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I need you to pay close attention to this message. It is not an ad. This is about Canada land, and this is about you. You need to know that the news crisis is about to get a lot worse. You've heard about the layoffs. We're about to have news closures, and it's very likely that we're going to be seeing the defunding of the CBC. Where are you going to get your information from? What can you do about this? You can support CanadaLand. We need you to. And so for this month and this month only, you can become a CanadaLand supporter and get everything our supporters get for just $2 a month. That is an almost 80% discount. The clock is ticking on this. It disappears at the end of the month, and then we will not offer it. We need your support. We need to keep news coverage alive in Canada. Go right now to canadaland.com slash join. And thank you. This episode of Canada Land is brought to you by Douglas, a mattress that is trusted by more than 200,000 Canadians from coast to coast to coast. It's a great mattress at a very reasonable price point. Comes with a 20-year warranty. And a great deal for our listeners. Douglas is giving you a free sleep bundle with each mattress purchase. Get the sheets, pillows, mattress, and pillow protectors free with your Douglas purchase today. Visit douglas.ca slash CanadaLand to claim this offer. That is douglas.ca slash CanadaLand. Weird shit has been happening for months. It started last fall, and and as far as I can tell, it's still going on right now. I think about it all the time, but I haven't talked about it very much. I have tried to keep my head down and, and just do my job and not dwell on this weird shit. Why? Mostly because I can't totally explain it. A lot of it remains weird, unexplained. The job is not to speculate about mysterious weird shit, it is to investigate, to find answers, report it, and then, you know, opine about it. But, you know, first you have to have the facts. And for months, we didn't really have many. But some of it, some of it we figured out. And I'm ready to tell you about it. What the hell am I talking about? I'm talking about the Republican disinformation conspiracy against Canada land. Yes, I'm serious. Wait for it. 
This episode of Canada Land is brought to you by Mary Hay, Kirsten Mercer, Robert W. Gale, Hiroshi Ryan, Devlin Duthie, Michelle Allen, Dan Frawley, and Paul Matthews. Hi, my name is Paul Matthews. I'm a media douchebag from Toronto. I support Canada Land because it's one of the few places that's committed to the idea that Canada isn't boring. By believing that this country is important enough to cover intransigently, Jesse and his team might just help ensure we stay engaged enough to keep it alive. Plus, after over a decade of getting all my media for free and watching the industry fall apart, I figured I could probably spare the cost of a few cups of coffee on my sources of information and opinion. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Uh, It's amazing the things that we tell ourselves to talk ourselves out of getting help. Anybody who's actually gotten help knows that the process of getting things off your chest, of taking your stressors, your problems, and just like not letting them be bottled up, working through just conveying them to somebody, half of the battle is just doing that. You unburden yourself. And you know what? If you have a real mental health professional, no, they don't have magic bullets or magic words that make it all go away. But often they can help you see things a little bit differently and guide you to strategies or tools or to a new perspective that actually does help. As the largest online therapy provider in the world, BetterHelp can provide access to mental health professionals with a wide variety of expertise in mental health. Because you listen to this podcast, you get 10% off of your first month at BetterHelp.com slash CanadaLand. That's BetterHelp.com slash CanadaLand. This episode is brought to you by Douglas, a mattress trusted by more than 200,000 Canadians from coast to coast to coast. Trust is important. There are a lot of mattress lies out there, a lot of mattress liars. And I, I, I didn't intend the pun, but it occurred to me that there is one as I was saying those words. Listen, I am not lying to you. Uh, I have uh, experienced the Douglas mattress. It is an exceptional mattress at a surprisingly affordable price point. It is a mattress that sleeps cool. doesn't have that weird thing in the summer where the mattress gets like an oven. It's a very good product. It's delivered to your house in a box. You don't have to go to a big mattress store. It is a medium firm mattress, which is what Canadians prefer, and it comes with a 365-night trial and a 20-year warranty. What more can I tell you? Douglas is giving our listeners a free sleep bundle with each mattress purchase. Get the sheets, pillows, mattress, and pillow protectors free with your Douglas purchase today. Visit douglas.ca slash CanadaLand to claim this offer. And one last message before we begin, because I realized something. I realized that there are all kinds of people out there. This is shocking. There are so many people out there who don't even know that this podcast exists. It just struck me. We make this thing. It's free. We want as many people as possible to listen to it. And yet most people don't even know that it's out there because I have forgotten to ask you to tell them. It's been a long time. So if you think there's somebody who just might like Canada Land or any of the other podcasts we make, for God's sakes, tell them that it exists. Spread the word any way you please, social media or, you know, human conversation. But yeah, Canada Land is a thing. It exists for all Canadians. Tell somebody. Hi, Jordan. Hi, Jesse. Uh, Jordan, you're my producer. When we've worked together in the past, usually you are on the other side of the glass listening to me talk to myself in this room. Do you know why you're here with me now for the first time on the show? Tell me why I'm here. You're here because I consider you a a level-headed, clear-eyed, rational, and intelligent person. 
the story I'm going to talk about today, I'm just, I'm too close to it. It is about me. It's about Canada land. And I, I just need a bit more hands-on help. I need somebody to bounce this off of and to ask me the right questions to make sure that I stay on track because I get very, very detail oriented with this. I have been preoccupied with this stuff since it started happening in the fall. And uh, I'm finally going to talk about it, but I, I need a clear eyed and rational, cool presence like yours to help guide me through it. Is that all? That's it. All right, Jesse, I'll do my best. Can I tell you this story? Please tell me this story. All right. The story begins this past fall when weird shit started happening. I've talked about this a little bit in the past. I haven't talked about most of it. I'll remind everybody. First, our website was knocked off the internet completely by a DDoS attack. You know DDoS attacks? Explain it to me. It's when hackers, hackers might be generous. It's pretty easy to do. There's software that will allow parties that want to knock a website off the internet to kind of just like barrage it with traffic uh, so that it's inaccessible to everybody else. They, they basically made Candleland not work for a couple of days. So that was the first thing. Whatever. We fixed it. Then there was this Twitter bot attack against us. A Twitter bot attack might be a little bit hyperbolic. There were like a few dozen fake accounts that all simultaneously were criticizing Candleland with very similar sentences. And all the sentences were criticizing us for a recent investigation that we had published on the WE organization, which is a large and influential philanthropic organization that we've been writing about. And so, you know, we just like noticed that the tweets looked really similar and we started to do things like do image searches on the pictures and found that the pictures belonged to other people on Twitter. And then we looked at like, well, what were these accounts tweeting about before they were critical of us? And strangely, like almost all of them had been tweeting about the WWE. <laughs> I don't know how one buys a Twitter bot army to sick on on somebody, but like maybe it's it's organized alphabetically. I don't know. But it was very clear that these were not real people. And we tried to actually like even getting in touch with them to say, why are you criticizing us? You know, passionate about wrestling, passionate about Canadian media. There was nobody there. These were bots. To be absolutely clear, we have no idea. We still have no idea who who purposed this Twitter campaign, if it's the same people behind the DDoS attack. But this and you don't was, know who those people are either? No idea. And this was just some weird shit that started happening. Then something a bit more concerning happened. The Toronto Sun published an editorial, and it ran across the Post Media Network after that. It was by a guy named Gus Portella, and it was a piece that was, like, you wouldn't know that it was about us from the headline. It was about, like, Canadians need to be afraid of fake news. It says fake news is a cancer it's spreading across the world, and Gus Portella goes through, like, you know, it's spreading in this country, it's spreading in that country, and then finally he gets to Canada, and he says, and it's spreading in Canada, and my example is Canada land. Yikes. Right? So I expect for Canada land to be criticized. I think we should be criticized. But this was weird criticism. Like, okay, you're going to call us fake news that we're a cancer. What did we do? And his examples were these really old examples. He had this one story that uh, I had gotten a detail wrong about in like 2015 about the Greater Essex County School Board in Ontario. And, uh, you know, I had corrected that years ago. And then he brings up our coverage of the Amanda Lang thing at CBC. Remember her? This is a story Sean Craig did for us years ago. Amanda Lang was a big CBC personality, and we found out that she was in a personal relationship with a guy from RBC Bank who she was uh, covering, and also uh, she was interfering in a colleague's story about RBC. That's a story that we got right. I mean, people were critical and said that we were too harsh on her, but there was there was no error there, and he's, he's digging this up from our, our archives. I mean, Jordan... I've made way worse errors than the ones that Gus Portella writes about from like 2014. I mean, anybody with a passing interest in Canada land could find more recent stuff that I've had to clarify or correct. And then I remembered those were some of the criticisms 
that the Globe and Mail had about me in a profile of me from years back. And if you were to Google Canada Land, like to try to find out about us, that would be the first thing that would come up. So I found myself kind of questioning whether this Gus Portella guy had been like really aware of Canada Land recently and, and felt compelled to write this Toronto Sun piece. Who is this guy? All right. So as I mentioned, he's from Washington, D.C. He is a Republican strategist. He runs a group called Accuracy in Media, which kind of scrutinizes the media for left-wing bias. He's a frequent Fox News commentator. Here's what he sounds like on Fox. Uh, look, I mean, the media's reputation has been beyond uh, repair here, in my opinion. Uh, you've seen them for now two years of the Trump presidency, three years really, where they've uh, just gone after the president and on many, many occasions have been rebuked, as, like you said, BuzzFeed, uh, uh, for instance, uh, by uh, uh, Bob Mueller. Has he written about Canada before or for Canadian media or about us? Gus Portella once did a CBC appearance talking about the U.S. midterm elections. But as far as I can tell, this is the first time he's ever written in the Canadian press. It's the first time he's ever written about Canada anywhere ever. So it just doesn't smell right. Did he reach out to you at all for comment on this? No. No, and that's the other thing is like, there's really nothing more serious you can say about journalists than that they're fake news. It's like, it's, it's defamatory, right? It's it's the worst thing you can say is that we're fake. And the irony is rule number one of journalism is you give the other side a chance to respond. And we never heard from this guy. He did not ask us any questions before he submitted this piece to the Sun and, and it ran across the post media chain. So I wanted, you know, I wanted to talk to him. I mean, like, sure, I'm like upset, but I'm also just super curious. Like, where is this coming from? How did, How does he even know about us? And for a long time, I could not get in touch with him. He wouldn't return our calls. I finally got a phone number for him, and this is what that sounded like. Can I ask you, how did we first come to your attention, why you decided to, to write about us? Uh, you know, just by, we do a lot of research, and we do a lot of, uh, you know, just important, um, essentially, you know, our, our, our work is to uh, ensure that we keep the media accountable and um, you know, that's not just in the United States. And so when we see something that is worth calling out and, and writing about and, and talking about, then, then we will do it. All right. Uh, by the way, do, do you uh, follow Amanda Lang? Who? Amanda Lang. Uh, I don't know what that is. I'm sorry. Okay. You wrote about her. One of the things that you criticized us about was our coverage of Amanda Lang. So it's interesting that you don't recognize oh, her name. Oh, that coverage. What do you remember about Amanda Lang? Well, I mean, specifically, I, I, I wrote about that, right? So, I mean, what the you're, content in that was part of the, of the research that we put together. I, I'm not sure where you're trying to get to here. Do you remember what you wrote? Yes, in the Toronto Sun. It's out there. No. Public knowledge. Yeah, but w w what was your criticism? Do you remember? Do you remember who that is, Amanda Lang? And how is that pertinent to this exactly? I guess I'm trying to figure out if you're actually familiar with what you yourself were writing about. Yes. Uh, like I said, the team here and myself, we do the research behind all of that and, you know, all of what we write about. And obviously, you know, that was part of, that was part of our, our content that we push out. So I don't understand. I mean, I, I understand why you're questioning everything. Obviously, I get that. But, uh, you know, obviously we stand by it. I stand by it. And, um, you know, I don't, I'm not going to lie. I, mean, I just don't understand why you continue to uh, question, I guess what we're doing. I did not emerge from that conversation any less suspicious than I had entered into that conversation. Yes, I did. Um, 
I'll put it that way. So, you know, I, I happen to know the Sun's editor, Adrian Batra. Despite our critical coverage of them, we have a very friendly uh, relationship when we have a chance to chat. So I said, you know, your newspaper ran the story about me. Like, what's up with this? Where did it, where did it come from? And she said, I'll, I'll look into it. Ultimately, she offered me equal space to write a rebuttal. I did, but I still really just wanted to know, like, like why, where did this come from? Do you know this guy? She said, not really, which isn't super helpful. We get so many submissions. So there you have it. Like, you know, the Toronto Sun's editor doesn't know herself where this thing came from, but she published it. And once it's published, it's in the biggest newspaper network in Canada, Post Media, and it gets picked up by other papers. But it's, it's also the Toronto Sun. The readers of the Toronto Sun are probably not your biggest fans. They're not Candleland's biggest fans. You know that. So tell me why you care. I'll tell you why. We found out that this article was being used. The WE organization was dealing with fallout from our critical coverage of them, and their head of partnerships, Melissa Stedman, had been circulating this article by Gus Portella around, saying, you know, to various stakeholders of WE, yes, you may have read this Canadaland coverage, but, and here's a quote from her email, yesterday several Canadian newspapers, Vancouver's The Province, The Edmonton Sun, The Toronto Sun, they all published an op-ed entitled, Canadians Should Be Wary of Fake News. It cites examples of the Canada Land website's pattern of misinformation. So your critics are using this op-ed. Yeah, I was concerned, not because I felt that we had anything to do with the production of that article, but I saw evidence that this article was being used as a tool against us. Okay, so you've got a negative op-ed written about you in the Toronto Sun. Yeah. You know someone has tried to attack your website, yeah. and you live on Twitter, so I'm sure that the Twitter bots probably hurt your feelings. Yes, but Gus's article wasn't the only one. There were a whole bunch more. In Canadian newspapers? No, all American. Weird. I thought so. I thought it was weird that the Washington Times published a piece about us. The Washington Times, not to be confused with the Washington Post, they published a piece by a guy named Greg Hill titled, When Fake News Goes Global. Very similar piece. Fake news is a problem all over the world. It's a problem in this country. It's a problem in that country. And then it's a problem in Canada. Why is it a problem in Canada? Because of Canada Land. Were there any other news organizations cited or just Canada Land? Yeah, he, he mentions BuzzFeed and uh, the Daily Mail in the UK, and he mentions ABC News. And in those cases, he goes into some degree of detail about which stories he feels were fake news from those organizations. He does the same for us in vaguer terms. I'll, I'll just read it directly. In Canada, the blog Canada Land has attracted attention for news surrounding the accuracy of some of their articles. For example, the outlet received pushback for allegedly releasing demonstrably false and inaccurate articles in a story penned by one of the outlet's reporters, Jaron Kerr, about a global nonprofit. So without mentioning we, that is what he's referring to. Technically, we actually is not a nonprofit, though it has uh, charities within it. The organization as a whole is not a nonprofit. But there's no other organization that, like, that's, that's who he's referring to. It follows the same structure as the Gus Portella piece. And like Gus Portella, he didn't respond to our questions. And so, again, I tried to get in touch with his editor. And her name is Carol Herman. And here's what that conversation sounded like. Hi, is this Carol? Yes. This? Hi. It's Jesse Brown calling from Canada Land. Oh, I, yeah, I thought that might be your – I ordinarily don't even pick up my phone, but I thought that might be you calling. So good. Um, how can we help? Um, thanks for getting back to me, first of all. I guess, first of all, I'm kind of curious what you were able to learn about the genesis of this piece. Had, had Greg Hill written for you before? Honestly, I don't know the answer to that. 
um, he came to us via someone who writes regularly for the newspaper. But I I can't say whether Greg Hill has written uh, written for us before because I just don't know. The conversation ended. She didn't argue my point that, like, we should have at a minimum been given an opportunity to respond. And she wiped the story. That was her decision from the website. And then the same story popped up a few days later on The Observer, which used to be owned by Jared Kushner. Was this exactly the same story by Greg Hill again? It was the same story with some slight edits and modifications. But yeah, it was the same piece. It went down from The Washington Times. It went up on The Observer. And it didn't end there. The Southeast Texas Record which is a legal newspaper from Beaumont, Texas. They published a strikingly similar piece by a guy named Ben Proler. Kept happening. We found another one, an editorial on the website Red State by a guy named Zach Almond. There was another one which was published on the California Globe and then quickly unpublished. We can only find a little snippet from it. Why these publications? I have no idea. I mean, why anyone in Beaumont, Texas would know or care about Canada Land was like a complete mystery to me. It's only when you kind of like frame it in the context of like, hey, fake news is a huge problem all around the world. Have a look at Thailand. Have a look at the UK. Have a look at Australia. Have a look at Canada. And I guess like, you know, any reader would be like, all right, if you say so. I don't know. I mean, we were just trying to figure out like, why would an editor? The whole thing was a complete mystery. Four of them make references to our coverage of WE. One of them just is direct about it and mentions WE Charity. And uh, three of them refer to like a global nonprofit or there's links to criticism of our coverage of WE. Add it all up and here's what we were looking at. Seven very similar editorials slamming Canada Land. There was one batch that came out in November and then a second batch of stories that came out this past spring. All of the sites were conservative news sites and four of the authors have direct Republican connections. Okay. Okay. So that's obviously suspicious. So I think I can understand why at this point you're starting to strap on your tinfoil hat a little and get a little bit more concerned about these op-eds. So how do we know when we're looking at these op-eds that it's not just that kind of lazy media thing where an op-ed kind of catches fire and gets bounced around a few publications with the same ideologies? That's interesting. I mean, I hadn't considered that. I mean, laziness in journalism is usually the uh, the answer to a lot of these things. I mean, I mean, let's explore that, okay? So it's pretty common for somebody to make an argument in one paper and then somebody else to kind of like pretty much just, I don't know about plagiarize, but copycats. They take the same argument and they kind of rewrite it. We see that happen a lot. I guess to believe that that is what's happening in this instance, you would have to also believe that each person who was a copycat of an argument recreated the exact same format the same kind of headline that they all mutually decided not to lead with Canada land, but to have that as their third or fourth thing. And just by coincidence, they happen to have these Republican connections. It's possible. I I guess I consider it extremely unlikely that that's what happened. And Jordan, there's one other piece to this. Okay. Canada land found out that there is at least one other individual who says that they have been solicited unsuccessfully to help in an effort to discredit Canada Land. Who is this person? It is Faith Goldie. Sure. White supremacist Faith Goldie, a frequent subject of critical news coverage and commentary from Canada Land, she confirms that she was approached in the fall by a Washington lobbyist who was looking for dirt on Canada Land. Faith Goldie, I should mention, has not always been a very reliable source to the media in the past. But I can't think of any reason why she would make this up, and this is what she confirms. So, here we are, 
I've got this Faith Goldie information. I've got these DDoS attacks. I've got this Twitter bot army. I've got editorials in American publications and in post media. And maybe the hardest part is I feel like I can't even talk about it without sounding like Alex Jones. But then we caught a break. What happened? We had hit a wall. Nobody was returning our calls. None of the authors of these pieces would answer us. But a Canadaland listener named David McDonald realized something. He realized that Professor Greg Hill, one of the authors from Boise State University, well, Boise State University is a state university. It's a public university. And that means that it is subject to open records legislation, American open records legislation. Oh, how I long for American open records legislation. You know our ATIP process here, like three years later, you get a redacted document. Yeah. No, in the States, you can just ask a public institution for like anything, and most of the time they will just send it to you within a couple of weeks. So David McDonald asks Boise State University, your professor Greg Hill, has he been emailing anybody about Canada Land? And yeah, it turns out he had. I can't get over the fact that you can just ask questions like that and get answers right away. To be a journalist in America with those rules. So here's what the open records request revealed. On May 1st, Greg Hill had written his editorial bashing Canada Land, and a Canadian news organization sends him a question about it. Surprisingly, it wasn't Canada Land. It was Press Progress. The editor of Press Progress, Luke Lebrun, asks him, are you the same Greg Hill who wrote this article that was in the Washington Times? Greg Hill does not answer the question. He doesn't even reply to Press Progress. Instead, he forwards it to a guy named Todd Cranny. Who's Todd Cranny? Todd Cranny is a managing director of a firm called Riverwood Strategies. Riverwood Strategies is a Republican political strategy group. They've worked for the Marco Rubio campaign. They've worked for the Mitt Romney campaign. They have worked for a group called America Rising, which is a, a political action committee that gets oppo research done on Democratic candidates. On the Riverwood Strategies webpage, Todd Cranny describes himself like this. These are his skills. Todd has developed an extensive network of influential political contributors in all 50 states. He understands the process, how to develop and deliver the right message, and what it takes to achieve success for his clients. That's who Todd Cranny is. Got it. So Greg Hill writes an op-ed, gets asked about it by Press Progress, and forwards that email to this guy. Forwards it to Todd Cranny and says... To Todd Cranny, this guy's trying hard. Huh. Here's what Todd Cranny writes back to him. Everything that was written in the op-ed had resources cited and was factual. Here are a few examples that have hit mainstream news highlighting these Canada Land guys. Doesn't it seem strange to you that Todd Cranny is reassuring Greg Hill about a piece that Greg Hill supposedly wrote? Cranny's saying, like, everything in the op-ed, not your op-ed, everything in the op-ed was checked. Is it reasonable for me to assume that, that Greg Hill did not write that op-ed? That either the suggestion for the op-ed or a template for it, or maybe the whole damn thing was provided to him by Todd Cranny? I think that's fair. The other thing that was interesting was the list that he provides to Greg Hill saying, don't worry, other people have also slammed Canada Land. Most of the sources on that list were those other anti-Candeland pieces that I, that I mentioned before, the other ones that ran by kind of Republican-connected people in the U.S. press. Mm -hmm. It wasn't the only time this happened because, of course, we also sent Greg Hill questions. Same thing. He forwards them to Todd Cranny. Says, what do you usually do with this? Todd Cranny says, I would just ignore. Were you able to get in touch with Todd Cranny? 
No. He didn't return any of our calls. Did any of the other authors mention having a relationship with this person? I did get a couple of them on the phone, and they denied it. Gus Portella denied knowing Todd Cranny, and Ben Proler, the guy who uh, works for Maverick Pack, he wrote one of the pieces, he denies knowing Todd Cranny. And you know what? It's possible that Todd Cranny was involved in one piece, but not all of them. I also tried to ask Zach Almond. He's the one who wrote the piece in Red State. I called him. He didn't pick up. But then, like five minutes later, my phone rings. He's calling me back. This is what that sounded like. Jesse Brown here. Hey, I had a missed call from you a little bit ago. Yeah, is this Zach Almond? Yeah, it's me, yeah. Hi, Zach. It's Jesse Brown. I'm, I'm a journalist in Toronto with Canada Land News. I'm working on a story, and, and your name came up. Um, I'm wondering if you can uh, chat with me for a second. Yeah, hey, let me give you a call back here shortly. Let me give you a call back could, here shortly. While I've got you on the line, can I just ask you if you if you uh, know Todd Cranny? Hey, give me a few minutes, man. I got somebody in here with me. I'll call you right back. You call me back? Thank you. He did not call me back. I can't say that I'm surprised, but for the people that you did manage to talk to, what did they have to say? How did they come across Candleland? So both Gus Portella and Ben Proler say that they organically encountered Candleland while doing research for their pieces. Came across Candleland stuff and determined that it was fake news. Their story is they were doing their research, they came across Candleland stuff, they determined on their own that it was fake news, and they decided that it was important enough for them to write about for these respective publications. Sure. So, obviously, these op-eds show up after Candleland writes about Wee. So, is the idea here that Todd Cranny was hired by Wee to spread these messages that Candleland is fake news? No, they didn't. I-, I asked them that question very directly, and they made it unambiguously clear they did not. This is uh, what they said. We and its team have never heard of Riverwood Strategies and or any of its representatives. And we has had no relationships whatsoever with any of the other names mentioned in your email, referring to all those other authors of those pieces. Okay. So they didn't hire Todd Cranny and Riverwood Strategies, but did they hire someone to hire Todd Cranny and Riverwood Strategies? No, no to that too. They strongly reject any implication that they had anything to do with any of this and that anybody they work with had anything to do with this. They said, quote, these messages did not emanate from our clients, nor were they authorized by them. And Jordan, believe me, I was comprehensive in my questions. I knew that we had a relationship with Navigator, the crisis PR firm that had been hired in the past by people like John Gameshi and Michael Bryant when they got into trouble, uh, many other people. So, you know, naturally I was curious about that. I asked them. They say Navigator is a longtime supporter, and yes, it's also an advisor to WE, and it provides them with strategic advice, press statements, they review legal texts for WE, but Navigator has not been engaged in any online, editorial, media, partner, or public outreach. I mean, this is about as strong and comprehensive a denial as I have read. And what you look for as a journalist when you get a denial, did they leave any wiggle room? You know, WE did not leave any wiggle room. This is a real denial. We've got nothing to do with this, nothing at all, not in a box, not with a fox, not in a house, not with a mouse, nothing. And uh, they cautioned me. Any contrary allegation or innuendo will be relied on in the pending libel proceedings as further evidence of malice towards our clients. So there you have it. And I believe them. I believe that they have nothing to do with this. Like, Jordan, I can't imagine that they would provide such a blanket denial, such an unambiguous denial, if there was the slightest chance that anybody anywhere 
might be in a position to say or prove otherwise. You know, that would just be too risky. And like to broaden this out a bit, like not not talking about the situation. This is why I don't believe in conspiracy theories. I don't buy into them at all. Like the truth always comes out. As soon as you have more than a couple of people trying to keep a secret, it becomes very difficult to keep. I mean, even in this case, right, the plotting between Professor Greg Hill and Todd Cranny of Riverwood Strategies, I mean, that is technically a conspiracy in that you have two guys who are clearly conspiring with each other about an editorial that they had obviously collaborated on. But even that tiny little minor conspiracy, they couldn't keep that a secret. So, you know, back to we. No, I really do not believe that they are behind this stuff. And that is not uh, innuendo. I'm not gesturing. I'm not winking. I'm not being cute. I really don't think it was them. Okay. But it was someone. Somebody did this. So who did this? Who knows? I mean, it could be anybody. We has thousands of passionate admirers in the world. I mean, it could be somebody like believes in we and is taking up their cause, fighting for them, putting their own money and effort into, you know, thwarting we's perceived enemy because they think that that's the right thing to do. Or it could be somebody else who has it in for us for a completely different reason. I mean, look at look at what happened between Gawker. Look at how Gawker went out. They thought they were in a legal battle with Hulk Hogan. And the whole time, it turns out they were actually being targeted by billionaire Peter Thiel. I mean, Canada Land has some enemies out there. So all I know for sure about this campaign is that it exists. It's happening. And because we traced it to Riverwood Strategies, we know that it's not just organic criticism. It's organized. So other than the attack on the website, which obviously I can I can see having some pretty negative repercussions on the ability for this organization to do journalism, seven op-eds in some random newspapers, what what's the effect that these campaigns are actually having on Candleland? That's a good question. It's having an effect on me. <laughs> I, I've been obsessed with this stuff. Uh, what's the harm? It hurt my feelings. You know, it's uh, it's distracted me. Look, I happen to find this stuff really interesting. If it was happening to anyone else, we'd probably cover it. But I'm way too close to it. Of course, it's it's my organization that's being attacked. In the case of the attacks on Jaron, it's one of my employees. I feel like he shouldn't have to deal with that shit just in the course of doing his job as a reporter. But like have these things actually hurt us? Does it matter if the Southeast Texas Register writes a negative story about Canada Land? No, not yet. I'm not really worried about any of these things. They haven't hurt us. So what if all these news stories say these nasty things about Canada Land? I don't think anyone's even noticed them. I mean, I didn't see them shared or commented on online. They weren't very interesting editorials. So what am I concerned about? I suppose I am concerned about what might happen, but hasn't happened yet. I'm concerned that maybe this is a new kind of smear campaign. Like, I think that when you imagine a smear campaign, it's like there's some big bombshell revelation accusing somebody of something. What if the idea here is that it goes under the radar and you slowly build a file of negative stuff associating Canada land with fake news here, there, everywhere. It's in California. It's in Washington. And then you can say, just as Todd Cranny said to Greg Hill in his email, he says, oh, yeah, these Canada land guys, everyone's criticizing them. Don't worry about it. Look at look at all these different news sources that have criticized them, which for all we know, Todd Cranny was involved with those stories. So it's it's kind of like you're, you're building an oppo file. I mean, so what could be the impact of that? I mean, one thing that's been suggested to me is that when it becomes frequently stated enough, that association with fake news, that it sort of launders that idea and makes it safer for a bigger news organization to say the same thing. 
it also occurred to me, like, maybe this is a search engine ploy. Maybe this is just like so that in the future when you Google Canada Land, fake news comes up. Or if you Google fake news, Canada Land comes up. Maybe that's what this is about. So I do worry about that stuff. I worry about where this is going. But I think you've got a point. I think it is possible to just not pay any attention to this. It really hasn't affected our business or our lives. If I'm being really honest, the reason why this is such a preoccupation is a split between those concerns and also just the the feeling of it, like the feeling that like this is a different way of being targeted. If somebody is coming at us out in the open and calling our facts into question, then we could try to correct our facts or we can defend our facts if we believe them to be true. If somebody's criticizing us, I could have a conversation with them. But with this stuff, we don't know where the next one's coming from. Whoever is doing this is doing it in the shadows. I mean, they won't answer our questions. That is disconcerting. So I, I, I don't know. Maybe I just got to suck it up. Maybe this is just like we throw a lot of stones. You know, we're going to have enemies. People are going to be coming at us and not necessarily in honest and forthright ways that we can respond to in good faith. Maybe they'll be coming to us through dirty tricks. And that's just something we're going to have to get used to. But we're going to keep doing our jobs. Like if the idea here was to stop us from publishing, it's not going to work. That was your Canada Land Show. I hope you liked it. You can email me about it at jesse at canadalandshow.com. I read everything you send. We are on Twitter at Canada Land, and our website is at canadalandshow.com. One thing you will find on our website this week is another excellent episode of Commons season on crude, how oil has transformed this country and stories about that by Jordan Cornish, who you just heard, and host Archie Mann. I will be back on Shortcuts this Thursday. Big thank you to our amazing guest hosts who have been filling in for the past two weeks. This episode, of course, was produced by Jordan Cornish. Our senior producer is Kasia Mihailovich. Managing editor is Kevin Sexton. Syndication is handled by CFUV 101.9 FM in Victoria. Visit them online at cfuv.ca. If you like this show, if you appreciate our journalism, if you like our other podcasts, please support us at patreon.com slash CanadaLand. We rely on your support. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. Are you ready for truly hydrated skin? Meet Hyaluronic Body Serum, a breakthrough in body care from Osea. It's clinically proven to instantly increase hydration by 161%. Their lightweight, fast-absorbing serum delivers 24 hours of nonstop hydration for silky, smooth skin without the sticky afterfeel. 
Osea's latest innovation combines the magic of their best-selling Hyaluronic Sea Serum with a new formula that's good for the whole body and five types of hyaluronic acid to target every layer of the skin. Osea is a women-founded, women-led brand that's been crafting seaweed-powered products for nearly 30 years. The best part? Everything Osea makes is clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Treat your skin to clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code SUMMER at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com code SUMMER.